ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Peter Smith and Steve Mix. You are now entering the Megacast. Welcome to the Megacast. never gonna get old. No, I don't think it is. As long as we've got like hate breeds, angrier younger brother playing music in the background, I'm always gonna be doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good to see you, my man. You too, Steve. Look I'm, at you in the city. I'm in New Orleans. No way. I'm not in New Orleans. I'm in Seattle. Gosh, Almighty man, it's so nice not to be traveling anywhere anymore. I'm yeah, happy I mean, to be home. Right. I mean, the donkey's trip to Spokane is pretty intense. Yes. And then what? Three days later, get on a plane. Off to New Orleans, and then go to an indie wrestling show that night. On so just to paint a picture, we do our show, finish at ten a.m., hightail it to the airport, get on a plane, get to New Orleans around six thirty seven o'clock, eleven forty. Oh, and you still made it? Yeah, thank goodness, man. I pushed it, but I got in, and I had to drop off my car at one of those uh, at at Wally Park. It's my favorite place to drop off my car, and then you have to get it on a shuttle. Luckily, the shuttle was right there. Weird interaction with the guy there because I pull in, he goes, "Oh, it's you with the Jeep again," and I'm like, "I've never met this guy before," and he's like. You know me. I'm still going to ask you to sell, sell that to me. And I'm like, ha ha, yeah. And then we have this conversation about my Jeep. I've never met him before, but I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to crush his dreams. He's the guy that needs to get me to the airport, and I need to get on that shuttle as soon as possible. So I want this guy to be on my side. How much is he offering? I didn't even ask. <laughs> I'm not selling my Jeep. Well, I know. I'm just saying, hey, man. Everybody's got a price. Right? Land, get my rental car. New Orleans is chock full of WrestleMania. It's just wrestling fan central. Yeah. Get to the, the, the Airbnb. Basically, just drop off the stuff and get on over to this place called the Sugar Mill, which is right by the convention center for a big WrestleCon. All right. Starts at 9 o'clock. Joey Ryan was there. Nice. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler was there. All right. I was excited because I'm a big fan of uh, Kenny Omega and, and Ibushi, and they're now called the Golden Lovers. And it's a, a crazy backstory. If you go on YouTube and watch it, it's even if you're not a wrestling fan, it's fascinating because it's like they're best friends. They're kind of sort of by curious, I think. From what I was you, gonna say, the Golden Lovers. Yeah. Oh no, dude. It's like it's a romance. These two guys. All right. And it's all about like this documentary or this fan made documentary, which is endorsed by Kenny Omega. So it's not like as if he's like, no, that's not true. He like retweeted it. Oh, and everything. Le- this isn't like shtick. Like they legit hook oh, yeah. up. This isn't. This isn't part of the wrestling storyline. This is the behind the scenes storyline that apparently like they're in love with each other, like somewhat. I don't know the full backstory, but apparently like Kenny in the past has said that he's, you know, he's bi-curious or bisexual or whatever. So golden lovers, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> I was laughing at bi-curious. Like, I think he's just bisexual. Yeah, I think he's past the bi-curious he's, he's part. part. right? He's fully, he's not curious anymore. But he named his tag team golden lovers. Right? right. Like, my man is not curious. So it's cool to see those guys wrestle together. That was Did awesome. Jerry the King touch uh, Joey Ryan's Oh, he shot his D. He shot it with a. <laughs> yes, you did say the word. Sorry. I didn't know if I could say it, and I just I don't said know. it. <laughs> I'll probably forget to edit it. I'll just write there at 340 ish. Uh, he sh- he's like, you know, everything starts off. Joey Ryan, genius move. 35 year anniversary of the Kenny, uh, the Andy Kaufman, Jerry Lawler wrestling 
thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same day, 35 years later, he comes out fully dressed like Andy Kaufman in the sweatpants, the sweatshorts, with the shorts over the sweatpants, with the towel, doing the same shtick. I mean, just nailing it. Joey Ryan's crushing it. And everyone's like, the older crowd's loving it. The younger crowd's like, why is he not? They have no idea. Right. Why is he not pulling a lollipop out of his trunks? Well, anyways... <laughs> that still disturbs me. Ted just did the uh, pantomime of pulling it out of the trunks and putting it in another man's mouth. Yeah, what? wrestling is weird, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Especially indie wrestling, and that's part of why I love it. All of a sudden, Jerry Lawler comes out fully in his trunks with his crown. Place goes nuts. He gets in there, and of course, then then Joey Ryan's like, "All right, Jerry, touch my D." And he's like, "I ain't touching your D." And I think he like. Hilarity ensues, and then all of a sudden, Jerry Lawler shoots a fireball out of his crown and hits Joey Ryan and his D. Wait a minute, how did he shoot a fireball? He must have had like some kind of little apparatus that shoots like a little fireball. Like a flame? Yes! Wow! It was awesome! So everyone's going nuts, Joey Ryan's down on the ground, Joey finally gets up after the king leaves, that's the, that's the match, it's not even a match. Place goes nuts, right? Finally, Joey Ryan's about to leave, grabs the mic, and goes... My D is fine. <laughs> Ken Place goes nuts. And all I was thinking throughout the entire weekend is imagine not being a wrestling fan and walking into this random, like, basically a weird venue. It's not even like a, a concert hall. It's more like just this empty space called the Sugar Mill that gets rented out for whatever. So you could probably have a wedding there. Like, right, could, yeah. You could have a, you know, uh, whatever, some kind of expo there. Well, they, you know, build the ring, bleachers, and everything. If you walked in and just witnessed what was going on, you'd be like, what kind of demented fight club am I in on? Do they serve drinks at these events? Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, absolutely. Because you keep Lots talking about how drinks. late they start. I'm like, man. Yeah, so that one's Thursday night. It didn't get done until 1.30. Get back to the Airbnb. It's like 2 a.m. I got to get up at 4.30 to go do Radio Row. So barely any sleep. I was like, do you even take a nap? I did after that. All right. Finally, like there was more wrestling. But going I mean, did on. you sleep for an hour that night or you just oh, yeah. like screw it? I might as well stay up. Yeah, I got about an hour and a half nap in. All right. Yeah, so now running on fumes. Luckily, Radio Row is a blast because I'm in wrestling fan nirvana. All yeah. these WWE superstars are popping in and popping out. Got to talk with the guys from the club, Gallows and Anderson. Got to talk to uh, Baron Corbin, Samoa Joe. Uh, Ember Moon, all these people, and you can just go to Migs versus the World of Wrestling podcast to listen to those interviews. A lot of fun. So I'm riding high off of that, but as soon as that was over, went back to the Airbnb, crashed. You know, Kevin, my you know, from Crash or you were trashed? Crashed. Oh, I thought you said trash. I was like, nice, Steve. No. Nice. I'm super tired. Give me some drinks. Right? (laughs) Got a nap in, hit the gym, came back, met up with everybody for more wrestling insanity, and that then Friday night was... Lucha versus Impact at 9 o'clock that starts. We hightail right. out of there before it's over so we could get to Joey Janela's spring break, which was like the most weird of all the weird of all the indie wrestling shows. That starts at midnight. Doesn't end until 3.30 in the morning. I left early at 2 a.m. because I needed to get some sleep because I had to get up at 8 a.m. to go meet up with Becky Lynch to get do a video with her to give her Pearl Jam tickets. It was a whirlwind of no sleep, man. So the Becky Lynch thing, I thought that was on Radio Row. No. That was separate. That was separate. That was when she found out that I was in town, because my buddy Joe from the WWE, Yeah, I gave him the tickets, because I knew that she wanted them. It's a long story. If you you could probably, you know, go and listen to BJ Makes. Long story short, she's a big fan of Pearl Jam. She got shut out of getting tickets. She's a member of the fan club. My buddy Joe's like, hey. She is a massive fan. I watched that video this morning. Right. If you do it, watch the video if you're a Pearl Jam fan. It's pretty fun to watch a wrestler geek out that much about Pearl Jam. Yeah. 
So he hits me up. He's like, hey, is there any, can you help me buy them? Can you know, it's impossible to get tickets. And I'm like, you know, I have a pair for that day, but I can't go because of the radio convention in Chicago. I'll just give them to you as a favor to you, Joe. You've done so much great stuff and he was so appreciative. So then he lets her know that he has the tickets and the guy that got her the tickets is in town. She's like, I want to meet him. He's a legend. And apparently she doesn't call anyone a legend unless she really means that they're a legend. Which nice. was like, F yeah. So we arranged a time to meet up. She's geeking out. I thought it was going to be a 30 second video of me handing the tickets, put it on social media. It turns out to be a five minute chat about Pearl Jam. Yeah. And she's been tweeting about it. All this crazy stuff. It's just been, that was really cool, man. That was the you highlight. You could see the excitement in her, like, it's, it's in her body language and everything. Super genuine. Yeah. And that was legitimately the best part of the entire weekend. And that's saying a lot because there was a lot of awesome things to go check out. But it was, dude, it was a great time. So that happens. All right. So you get up at 830. Yeah. You do the interview. Now, did you have to, like, go to the arena just for the one interview? For that, yes. So I had to get up early, go back to <laughs> Fan Access, which is where they have, like, basically... They have places for people to get autographs. They've got old memorabilia. It's like a giant museum of wrestling. And And you take pictures where you put like your head on somebody else's body. Absolutely. Nice. You could sit on Piper's pit, the set of Piper's pit from back in the day. I got to stand in uh, the Undertaker's coffin. Oh, yeah. Lots of fun stuff. Yeah. And also they have a wrestling ring for up and coming NXT guys. So there's wrestling going on at nine in the freaking morning, man. Saw Leo Rush. Oh, yeah. Totally remembered us, and that was pretty oh, cool. Oh, no kidding. Like, he's working on his match when we first showed up, because my buddy Joe brought us backstage, where all the wrestlers were, to meet with Becky. Well, it turns out she already started her meet and greet with the fans, and, you know, he didn't want to pull her away from that. So he's like, it ends around 10. Is that cool? And I was like, F you, and ripped the tickets up and left. Right. <laughs> I was like, you know yeah. what? Nobody goes to Pearl Jam now, Joe. None of us. And I swallowed it. <laughs> So I was like, well, there's wrestling going on. We'll just watch. So I, for breakfast, I got a coffee and a super pretzel and watch some wrestling. Nice. I like that, man. That was great. That, that's true. That's a sports event. So we finished. It's around 10 o'clock. He hits me up. He's like, hey, come back to the backstage. I'm like, cool. See Leo. He's like, hey, what's up, guys? And that made my day also. You know, it's kind of cool when you're one of your favorite guys remembers you from past experiences. Yeah. So then Becky shows up and sees me, and I believe she was with her boyfriend or husband. He's an MMA guy. I think he's in the UFC. I can't remember oh, his name. Oh, no kidding. He's just big, yeah. big boy. But like she sees me, and it's just like eyes bug out and gives me a huge hug. <laughs> we end up talking a bunch, even off the mic, about how you know if she ever comes to town when I'm in town, I'll give her a tour of London Bridge Studios where Pearl Jam recorded their first record. She's like, I'll fly in just for that. So that's how big of a fan she is. Um, and then, uh, oh talk- yeah. Luke Sanders. Yeah. Let me All see right. a picture. Do you have a picture? Oh, damn it. Don't worry about it. I'm pretty <laughs> I sure Googled that was boyfriend. Him. Basically the or guy, boyfriend. Was, he was holding all of her stuff while we did the interview and he looked ripped unless he was security. I don't know. He had like a mohawk. So I assume he's a USC guy. Plus I got to give you credit, man. Like, uh, when I was watching the video, right? Like I could tell how excited she is, but like you do a good job of not being creepy. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, sometimes you see those interviews and it's like people can't help it and they got to say something about the way they look or whatever. Yeah. Like you guys were just chit-chatting about Pearl Jam. Like the, I was just like, good job. Maybe it's because I would have been creepy. You wouldn't have been creepy. <laughs> but I just was like, good job, Steve. It's funny. Someone on Facebook was like, I could tell you brushing your wiener up on her when you hugged her. I'm like, no, I wasn't. God damn it. See, that's what I'm saying. It was none of that. <laughs> none of that at all. And I counted the seconds. That was a proper hug. It was yeah. a good hug, but it wasn't too much. I wasn't even going in for that. Like, we already hugged. We had a nice embrace. Nice long embrace. I'm kidding. We had an embrace. <laughs> I, saw get you, creepy. I saw you rub your junk on her. Come on, dude. I know, <laughs> man. And so I, I, I had a laugh at that. But no. Dude, 
everything about it. It just felt like she became a friend. You no, know that's what I'm mean? saying. Like it looked awesome. Like the whole time we were talking, and even after it was done, she's like, "Well, what are you doing now?" And I'm like, "What are you doing?" No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was like, "I'll go back and rest, and then we're gonna go check out the Shimmer Show, which is a women's wrestling promotion, because our buddy uh, Nicole Matthews from that wrestles at Defy, all right, and it's part of ECCW in Vancouver. It's gonna be wrestling in the main event, and she just was like, "I know Nicole." I'm like, "No, you don't." She's like, "I trained her." I was over in Vancouver back in the day, and I trained her and list of other people that I know. So it was like, it kept getting cooler. You know what I mean? Yeah. This conversation, it was just legitimately as casual as you can ask for. It was Plus awesome. she's what, English or Irish? Irish, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, so she's I mean, the she, last kicker. She's got to come to Seattle. I mean, it's basically the same weather. Yeah. Yeah, so she said when, next time she's in town, when we can make it happen, give her a tour of London Bridge Studios, which would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Regardless, I mean, that completely was like a surreal moment. Like, all right, so you do all that in the morning. Yeah. You go home, take a nap, and then what? Shimmer? Shimmer. Well, we get there. We're getting hangry. The line, they hadn't opened up the wind, the doors, and we knew that we were going to watch Shimmer and then have to hightail it to the Smoothie King Arena for NXT. There would be barely any time. Smoothie King Arena? I know. Sorry. So stupid. I mean, I mean that's... Hey, I get it. Smoothie King's a giant company. It just... It sounds funny when you say it. What are you guys doing? You're going to see some fights at the Smoothie King. Yeah, man. Ugh. Strawberry banana. You know it. It's, Extra vitamin C. That is my favorite. It is delicious. Right. I get that at Jamba Juice yeah, all man. the time. So we decide, you know what? We're just going to eat the cost of the Shimmer tickets. And just ba- bail on that so we could go get a good dinner. All right. You know all what right, I mean? That's fair. Well, plus, I mean, you're in New Orleans. Right. At some point, you've got to go drink and eat. Right. I'm like, I mean, we've had some you good food. <laughs> but like, you know, I mean, we had a great po' boy at some like random hole in the wall place right where we were staying. Nice. You go crawl, uh, crawfish or a shrimp? Dude, I uh, went shrimp on that. All right. I tried to send you a picture of this giant crawfish thing that I was, but it, my phone wouldn't send it. But uh, then after I was like, uh, the moment's over. But, yeah. But uh, later on, we did eat at a crawfish place. But so uh, we hightail it there. We park it right by the Smoothie King Arena. <laughs> and then we're looking for a place to eat. We end up like at a hotel restaurant. I think it's called the, Hi- the Hyatt's restaurant. All right. And turns out to be, I guess, where the wrestlers are staying because at a table right next to us is Asuka, which I thought was pretty awesome. That is cool. It was super cool. And I get a fish in a bag. I've never had fish in a bag. Fish in a bag? Yeah, it was like basically like a wax paper type bag. Like it was legitimately it came to my plate in a bag. Yeah, like and a, then you like rip it like open. a popcorn bag. Yeah. yeah. And they cut it open and it was a white fish. I can't remember what kind. It wasn't halibut or cod. It was just some name I didn't even hear of. I'm like, all right, sure. Topped with a bunch of crawfish and butter. Nice. Bro. Nice. Meal of the weekend. Yeah. Like my stomach is already gurgling from that meal. Yeah, I love crawfish, man. Oh my gosh, dude. So good. Yeah. And it's fun. Like that it's was fun already... breaking them open. And yeah. if they already picked it on the top of the fish. Yeah, like little lobster tails on top of my fish. Eat that, go to NXT, had the time of our lives. I sat with the jobbing out guys, AJ Francis and the crew. That was a lot of fun. Next did, up. Uh did what's his name die or did he survive? <laughs> Who? Uh, what? Who? The job it out, guys. I'm I'm blanking. One of their Glenn and Aaron. Aaron. I think his Twitter handle or his name. He changed it to like "Don't Die in New Orleans" or oh. something. <laughs> Dude, we were all getting hammered. Aaron, that's who it was. And then we <laughs> NXT ends hit the French Quarter because we go to the Three Legged Dog, and that's where we get some crawfish. All right, and just eat them like freaking Vikings. Like, nice, so good, dude. Did you get a hurricane? Uh, after that. So all after right. that, at this point, I'm just. You know, I'm st- the stress is finally leaving me. I've I've accomplished pretty much everything I need to accomplish, minus doing some interviews with Ring of Honor guys the next day. All right. So I'm just like, screw it. Kevin, because Kevin doesn't drink. 
I'm like, do you mind being DD? He kept offering. And I was like, no, dude, it's fine. You know, I don't want to impose people to have to drive the rental car when it's in my name and all that crap. Finally, I just had it. I was just, I needed a drink. Yeah. I'm like, and as soon as he finished, finished saying, yeah, no, no problem. I had a, a, a hand grenade in my hand. <laughs> crushed that. Grabbed the hurricane. Drank that. And then had a, a jungle juice. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Nice. Then I'm eating pizza. We're eating beignets, had a little bit of an incident with the beignets because it's all white powder and I'm wearing black jeans and a black hoodie. I wake up the next morning and my black jeans are white. My hoodie is white. Thank God for a laundry machine in the Airbnb. And thank God it was just powdered sugar. Yes, that's a good point. Yeah. We heard from one of our friends, a friend of a friend of a friend. And he's like, yeah, dude, let's just call him John. John scored some coke on the French Quarter and, 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 and on Bourbon Street. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, he just ran up to my guy and scored some coke. And then we were pretty sure, though, it was cut with aspirin. I'm like, okay, how do you know that? Because it kind of tasted medicinal. Okay. And apparently, like, the next morning, we all had headaches except for him. And we think it's because of all the aspirin coke that he took. I'm like, that's, yeah, that's hilarious. The French Quarter is kind of famous for... Uh uh, bad drugs. I wouldn't even think of trying to score. Like another person's like, yeah, I got some weed on. I'm like, I wouldn't even know how to do that. Oh, French Quarter would be easy. Just go up to people and say, do you got drugs? No, but you could tell. And then honestly, <laughs> like like a drunk guy like me on the French Quarter, like somebody's going to be like, you want some weed, big man? <laughs> Dude, one of the highlights was there was this woman. She just walked in the French Quarter by herself. And she's got, I'm always a sucker for the girls. I got the, that, that hair with the half head shaved kind of look. Yeah. I, so, but she's wearing like weird dominatrix outfit with a paddle and a French, either a French tickler or some kind of like a little whippy thing. All right. And she's just going over to people and, 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 you know, hitting them, hitting them. But typically it got to the point then people were following her going, here's five bucks, hit my friend. And then bam, here's five bucks with my friend. And she, um, we're following her watching this and just dying. And then a cop shows up and shuts it down. Oh, really? Yeah. He's like, you can't do that. And we're all like, boo. And I go, I'm drunk. I go, why do you hate fun, officer? And he just looks at me and I go, my bad. Oh, are you serious? He gave you that serious cop yeah, look, huh? Like, I'm going to arrest you, mother effer. I'll show you how much fun I hate. I'm shocked they would stop that on Bourbon Street. Right, because we went to other cops. We're like, hey, what does it take for you to get involved in anything? In, on, on, you know what I mean? Because it's just chaos on the French Quarter. Like, my understanding of the French Quarter, when I, like, you got to be literally, like, have cocaine on, like, your wrist and be just doing it in front of them to get in trouble. And, or, as one cop told us, you have to be fighting in the streets. Or fighting, yeah. Otherwise, we're not doing anything. Yeah, we don't say, care. If you just step, like, a block off and smoke your weed, I don't think they care. No. Yeah. So the fact that that guy's shutting down a woman just trying to make a buck. Yeah. It's a tough economy, man. It is. Yeah. God. You know, let's take a break. We still got to do push-ups. Still got to do push-ups. We still got to do a, a, a TED Talk. Oh, oh, is that a little of a hand grenade coming back? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> mm, tasting like crawfish. Mm. Mm. All right, the Megacats will be back. Ted and Steve need a break to braid each other's hair. They're back here. The Megacast will be back. You've heard of Generation X, Baby Boomers, and Millennials. But today's kids 
What the f***? New on MTV, Generation WTF. One minute they're eating laundry detergent, the next taking on the NRA. In a blink of an eye, they're doing the cinnamon challenge. Then they're organizing an advertiser boycott of a national talk show host. What the f***? MTV's Generation WTF. Yeah, they're organizing civil rights rallies while they're snorting condoms. Seriously. The season premiere of Generation WTF, following a new episode of Teen Mom 8. That's not where the condom goes, only on MTV. Are you ready for more awesome conversations about stupid Well, good, because the Megacast is back. for one of your shows on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you back. Man, oh, man. Just sharing more of the craziness. Ted and I are just talking about how we just need to do a, a guy's weekend or a guy's week. I don't know if I can handle a week in New Orleans, but maybe an extended weekend where we just go for no reason other than just to enjoy Bourbon Street. Get like an Airbnb right by there and just tear it up. Yeah, man. I Dude, honestly, we could even combine it you know, you went down there for WrestleMania. We could combine it with just going to a random LSU game. I was thinking about that. Because Baton Rouge, if I remember correctly, was only like an hour up the road. Right. Just get a rental car. And, yeah. And we're good to go. Yeah. Dude, that would be a blast. And just, I know some people probably can't handle, like I talked to one guy, uh, a guy in the Ring of Honor, uh, Caprice Coleman, who's like wrestler, a pastor, this. And he's like, I went to Bourbon Street and all my buddies in the world of wrestling. I'm like, why would you do that? That's not your style. And he's like, I had to go just to experience it. And they were right. It's not my style, but I'm glad at least I walked the streets of Bourbon Street to experience what other people do. Because he's not like a drinker or a party or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. But I mean, Bourbon Street is just such a unique experience. Like I said, like, I went during the day and it still even blew my mind then. Yeah. I mean, I, I've just never been anywhere that encourages, like, like, it seems like they're just almost giving drinks away. Dude, like the prices are cheap. We went to one place, you bought one beer and you got two free. So I ordered three Miller Lights and we got nine. It's insane. Yeah. There was one place I was like looking in. There was a cover band. They were doing some, uh, they were doing Rage Against the Machine. Just like, yeah, I should go check these guys out. They're the weirdest guy trying to get people to come into the club. Like he'd, he'd get in your face and blow a whistle. And I'm like, dude, that's not helping the situation. And I just yeah. walked off. Yeah, we, we went to one of those places with the yard barkers. Yeah. He was like, you got to get in here. That's where my dad earned the nickname Old Effer. No. Because it's only like the middle of the afternoon, right? So now me and a few of my buddies are drunk and my brother. Uh-huh. And my dad, he's just pounding non-alcoholic beers. So they're on stage and there's music and he's like dancing. And you know how they are. And they're like, everybody should be dancing, blah, blah, blah. Look at this old effer. He's no. dancing. Get on stage, you old effer. So ever since then, he's been an old effer. Did he get on the stage? Yes. I love your father. He's insane. What song do you remember? I don't even remember. Oh my gosh, I would pay can we bring your dad to our trip to New Orleans? No. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Steve. Next time he comes out, we can take him anywhere. It doesn't, and he doesn't drink, but it doesn't take him much to get him fired up. I've been at a wedding with him where the wedding DJ went, all right, cut that guy off. And all the Smiths are like, he's not even drunk. <laughs> can we take your dad to our weekend? No. No. <laughs> He walks very slow, Steve. It takes a lot of breaks. Well, on Bourbon Street, that's fine. <laughs> At one point, Kevin was like trying to like cut through the crowd. And then they finally go, Kevin, where are we going? 
We're just walking back and forth to people watch. There's yeah, no there's need nowhere. to be in a rush. No, that is one place where you need to stroll. Right. Just feel it. Like, just enjoy the environment, man. Have you ever gone into O'Brien's, the original place? Pat O'Brien's? Yeah. Dude, one time, BJ and I went for a work convention, and we tweeted how we were excited to go check out Pat O'Brien's. Their social media guy hit us up and gave us, like, a full tour, hooked us up with drinks. They are they are on point when it comes to like media relations. So that's what happened with us. We got to Bourbon Street during the day, and yeah. first it's just me, my dad, and my brother, right? And it's hot. They're just rinsing the streets down. Oh, it smells so like it puke. Smells great. So we go to this like, <laughs> it smells like puke. Also, the first bar we looked in, we were down there. We see a guy. I told you the story in combat boots and booty shorts because it was decadence weekend, <laughs> Southern decadence, massive gay festival. <laughs> that must have been insane. Right. So the first bar, the first restaurant we go to. Like, it's famous. So we go there. We're not having a great time. So then my buddy Will and Qtera are like, hey, meet us at O'Brien's. We went in there and had one hurricane, and man, it, it turned our whole day around. Really? Yeah, because, I mean, that's where it originates from, and that bar is, and I'm, I don't it's know a what- cool it, spot. But that drink, we had one of those, and then it was like, all right, we're on Bourbon Street. Did you go in that like little yard area that they have with like the fire? That wasn't open yet. Oh. We, we Honestly, we walked in like right when they opened at like noon or something. I remember walking in there, and they already had hurricanes, all like the mixes and everything. Like They had like rows of cups. Yeah. Just ready to go. Boom, boom, boom. You're right, though, yeah. man. It just, let's go this weekend. <laughs> Screw it. <laughs> Just go. Let's just you go back. It was awesome, dude. As we're walking, some of the bars they realized what the clientele was outside. Yeah, playing just nothing but wrestling themes. All of a sudden, I hear like Mark Henry's theme coming out of a bar. I'm like, we need to go in this bar, and yeah. we just all going there. Someone's getting their head kicked in, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. Well, because like the whole street had to be just wrestling fans for the most part, right? Well, that and of course, like just <laughs> super attractive bachelorette parties, which was oh, hilarious yeah. because as they have, I can only, I was telling them, all of our buddies, the Jobbing Out guys too, I'm like, I wish I could be inside the mind of these women, because they have no idea why. Everybody's just chanting, like, this is awesome chants are going on. Yeah. If somebody slips or trips, you effed up, you effed up. You know, happy Rusev day is like the greeting to everyone. Hey, buddy, happy Rusev day, happy Rusev day. You know, like, these weird, random girls have no clue about wrestling, I'm like, where are we, and why is everybody weird, and why do they all understand the language? And was that you or one of the job and out guys? Because I, I follow them on Twitter. Yeah. And it might have been Aaron. Maybe it was Glenn. Somebody just said, like, I asked some bouncers or whatever, like, are wrestling fans the worst? And then he said, but it's been decided, obviously, that Bama fans are the worst. <laughs> like, <laughs> what like, do what these that Bama fans, say? yeah, like, what do they do on Bourbon Street, right? <laughs> Dude, you know when we should go? Somebody, I think one of the... I can't remember. One of the restaurants, they told us, that, I'm like, is this pretty crazy? They go, no. The craziest time to come to New Orleans is when it's the librarian conference. The librarian? Like, there's a, like a conference for librarians. And what, do they just go ape ass? Yes. It's either librarians or teacher conference. I can't remember. It's probably teachers. Maybe if, if it's, it's grade school teachers, it's game on. Yeah, but apparently, with one of those two, I thought it was librarian, but I was wasted when they told me, so I don't know. Yeah. Apparently, that's like... That's when just it's bedlam in the streets of New Orleans. No kidding. Yeah. That's awesome. I know, dude. It's awesome. All right. Oh, uh, one more thing yes. about your interview with uh, Becky Lynch. With Becky Lynch. I've been watching Peaky Blinders on Netflix. I don't even know what Peaky Blinders is. It's a mobsters. Basically, I'm just going through mobsters and comedies on Netflix. Nice. So I watch Narcos, some Peaky of The Blinders. Office. <laughs> now I'm watching Peaky Blinders. What's that is- food show on Netflix? There's a food show that's apparently pretty awesome. Is it Nailed I, It? 
I don't know. I don't know either. But Peaky Blinders are like gangsters in Birmingham and like right after the First World War. Oh, jeez. Yeah, but I've been watching that. Well, in Trailer Park Boys. But then I saw your interview. I've decided I need an English or Irish girlfriend. I need oh, an yeah. accent. I need an accent. Yeah. yeah. You and Becky. Yeah. Let's <sighs> tell her to leave her man. You like Pearl Jam? He's a UFC fighter. I am see some MMA fights. Exactly. Same difference. It's exactly the same. Mm-hmm. You are now have a mutual friend in Steve. And Steve Miggs. Yeah. You both follow me on Twitter. We both hug him a lot. Yeah. I think it's fine. I think we got this. Yeah. Also, I saw a guy today on a show that his job is a professional hugger. Oh, how do we get that gig? I, dude, I'm telling you, I was like, Steve and I came up with this idea years ago. Right. Our problem was we weren't looking to charge. So right. we were forever going to be amateur huggers. Yeah, that's a good point. We can still be that. Indie indie huggers. Yeah, we're indie huggers. <laughs> Everybody's worried that we're going to break big and they're going to be like, oh man, I remember when they were indie huggers. Now they're charging. Yeah, it's like $5 a hug now. God, those guys changed. I'm on Harvard Street for charging $5 a hug. The cop stopped them. Yeah. Deservingly so. I like that you chirped the cop too. Why do you got to hate fun? My bad. Sorry, man. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and go. I'm just a talker. That was stupid of me to say. Is that one of those things as it came out of your mouth? It's just like, yeah. Yep, yep. It's like, it's like that moment when I tried to chirp uh, Brock Lesnar at that UFC fight in <laughs> Portland because he was just there. And I was like, it was at the height of when he, when he pissed off, was it Budweiser or Coors Light? Like, whatever one was the sponsor, he said the other brand of right, beer. Right, like, I'm going home yeah, to drink whatever it is. Like a- and I remember we were there, and it was like right, right when that just happened, he got in trouble for that. And I was like, hey, Brock. Would you like a Bud Light? And he turns around and goes, my bad. Dude, I did the same, because I was sitting in those seats before you, me, and Ben were sitting there. Mm-hmm. And the whole time, I was like, dude, I'm going to say something to Lesnar. Then he cornered a guy and was right in front of us. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not saying nothing. Right. I'm the, not saying nothing. I said it until he made eye contact with me. And then I regretted saying it. Like, I've never felt more afraid by a stare. The best one I had was Grant, ah! was Grant Hill, right? Uh-huh. Grant Hill, and this was years ago, as I was sitting courtside at a Sonics game. Nice. But Grant Hill went to Duke, right? So he's inbounding the ball right in front of me, and I can't help but I just go, go Terps. And he stops and goes, go home. And then inbounded the ball. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Go home. Right? I just, I look, because he was like literally about to throw it, and they just kind of went, go home. <laughs> just like threw it in. Beat it, punk. Right. He was very nice. It's Get made, off my lawn. It makes Grand Hill the one Duke guy I like. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So should we do some push-ups now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's do it. All right. So I figured what well, great way to get <laughs> things going than to continue the spirit of New Orleans. So this is our opportunity to get our heart rates and our blood pumping and our brain functioning. Ted. What is this, Creole? I don't know. I just typed in New Orleans on our production library. Dude, how about when I got off the airplane at the luggage claim, there was a... A, a horn section playing right in our baggage Second plane. line? Yeah. And they had a WrestleMania logo on, like, the tuba. All right. See, I'm playing the spoon, Steve. Nice. The washboard thing? Yeah. All right. Let's get 10 mega family. So much easier than last week. 
Why is that? I was just dying after Spokane. Oh, yeah. We That's another thing, dude. If we go to New Orleans, like, we'll go to Bourbon Street, but we should spend a day going out, like, in the, like, around, too. Oh, yeah. There's so much cool stuff to check out. Like, yeah. where we stayed, we stayed on St. Charles, which was about a 15-minute drive from New Orleans, from Bourbon Street. And it was awesome. Did you go to the park where, like, jazz started? We went to the city park, which I guess is the biggest park. So I don't know. Like, because jazz starts, like, uh, used to be on Sundays back in the day, the slaves, or even, like, the indentured servants. Like, basically, the black people could go to this park and play music. I wonder and if I, this was that park. Yeah, so that, that literally is how jazz starts. Like, there was one... There were all these crazy statues. If you went on my Instagram, you would have seen... Like, I was taking pictures next to all these random statues of dudes with dongs. All right. And I was calling it Dong Park. Yeah. But there was one picture. I think I took a picture of it. I only took a picture just so I could show it to my wife. Excuse but me. I didn't post it anywhere because I was like, it was, it was just... It was just very like slavey, you know what I mean? Like it was, yeah. like, it was like a black guy hanging, and it was a, yeah. and it was a, it was a, it was a statue. And I'm like, gosh, like it's, like I'm sure there's like a story behind it, obviously, but it was just weird to see in a park, you know. Yeah. I mean, in addition to seeing all the dongs, like that was like kind of out there. <laughs> in addition to all the dongs, there's some really racist stuff too. Yeah, like this is it right here. Oh, good lord! Right. This is yeah. a park. It's a very weird park, man. Yeah. Like, even my wife was like, what's up with this park that you're at? She's like, that's pretty creepy. And what's up with the fat lady standing on the person? There's a... <laughs> yeah, New Orleans is, is kind of spooky in that way. Like, this, this, this statue of a bigger woman, and she's standing on a baby. She's standing on, like, a child holding a holding baby. Holding a baby. That's what it is. Yeah. It's very weird, man. Yeah. And then right next to that, there's, like, a, a giant... So then you do that, and then you walk about maybe... 100 feet, part of the park, it's Storyland with Humpty Dumpty and Lil Bo Peep. Yeah, because, I mean, New Orleans is still all that voodoo and stuff. Like, yeah. New Orleans is spooky. Very, very... Dude. And the moss and the swamps. I mean, like, Louisiana overall is kind of a spooky place. Well, like, my wife even said, she's like, I would not want to be in that park at night. I'm like, no, neither would I. <laughs> no. I'm afraid that the giant dongs would get us. Isn't there the famous vampire lady that writes, not goddamn... Uh, not the one and not the pretty vampires. Right. Not Twilight. Right. We're talking like old school vampires. What was her Bram name? Anne Rice or something? Not Anne Rice. Anne. There's Man. some famous, like, spooky author that lives down there. I don't know. In like the Garden District and stuff. I know that right by where we live was Drew Brees' house. Oh, nice. Which is kind of cool. We didn't see it, but we heard like, it, like he's right in the neighborhood, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. But they're like, he's in the neighborhood, but he's very secure home. Oh, yeah. I was like, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's freaking Drew Brees. <laughs> Ted Talks, starring the Tech Smith. Uh, today's Ted Talk, we're going to concentrate on uh, just stopping down, making a little time. So I'm not saying you got to set some crazy, ambitious goal every morning and go get that, but just stop down. If there's something, and again, speaking because these are stuff I'm not good at. It's something you've been putting off or just like, I keep forgetting to do this or whatever. Just take the five or ten minutes it takes to do it and just go do it. It's very fulfilling when you finally do do something, like just something yeah. random, like a tour around the house. Like, yeah. I finally was, like we had our, our medicine cabinet was falling apart, so I had to get a new one. And I got it. I was like, oh, I don't feel like doing it. I'm like, you know what? I got to do it. Put it up. Got it done. Wife was happy. Looks at it. Goes, is it crooked to you? I'm like, yeah, let's not talk about that. 
Because <laughs> I got it done, but I'm not good at getting things done. Right. But, but I got like, it done, Ted. Sometimes you just got to stop down. And I mean, it might take an hour. Maybe it's just going to the grocery store instead of picking up crap on the way home or whatever. Like, just Yeah, what inspired this one? Make time and go do it. Was it going to the grocery store? Yes. <laughs> Those new to the podcast, Ted is a big fan of going grocery shopping. I went twice last week. <laughs> What'd you get? Uh, Wednesday... <laughs> All right, actually, so Wednesday, Wednesday when I went to the grocery store, I'm just trying to fill my fridge with, like, food I can eat and not feel bad about. Gotcha. Right? Because I don't know about, like, I live alone, so there's yeah. just so many nights where if I don't have food, I'll just pick up something bad. Right, or order a pizza. Yeah, exactly. Uber Eats. Uber, right. So, Wednesday night, I just got, like, good stuff, right? But then this weekend, I went, and I got, like, this whole pretty healthy order, but then I was like, eh, it's Sunday morning, I'm going to get a couple donuts, too. The guy was like checking me out. He was like, snack for today? And I was like, yeah, man, it's still Sunday. I feel you. <laughs> yeah. I was like that in New Orleans, man. When at the end of the night, credit's drunk. Yeah. But I was like, I probably crushed six beignets. Oh, dude, they are so good. They're so good. It's a little excessive with the powder. It is, but that's part of it. That's part of the charm. But they are incredible. Dude, when I was a kid, my mom used to make, because she went to school down there in Loyola for a couple years in New Orleans. So she would uh, cut up like little pieces of crescent roll and fry them, and then we would d- put them in a, ba- a paper bag with powdered sugar yeah. and shake them up. So it was like little homemade beignets. Oh, we went to the old school one, like the one near Cafe de Mont. Yes, yeah, and they're still warm. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's hard oh not gosh. to like eat a few of them. Right as soon as we finished them, I had like already two or three of them, and I was like, "I'll be right back, boys." And like, where are you going? I just got another two bags. And then we all crushed those two bags as yeah. well. And they're like cheap. It was like five bucks for a bag. Yeah, exactly. Like, everything's cheaper there than Seattle. It's insane, <laughs> dude. <laughs> it is. Every time I leave Seattle, I'm impressed how much cheaper stuff is. So when we get back, you know, I have a funny, a couple pieces of audio that I think are pretty funny that you'll appreciate from right. uh, a couple conversations that I had with some of the wrestlers. So right. uh, when we get back, uh, we'll, we'll do that. And I don't know, maybe some other stuff as well. When the main yeah, maybe. Turns. You know, we do what we want here. Do what we want. Damn straight. Ted and Steve need to use the bathroom, and they always go together and share the same urinal. Kinda weird. The Megacast will be back. I'm a runner. I run. I'm a fighter. I fight. And I just sit the hell down and chill in these soft pants. Introducing the new Nike Pro Chiller Legging. Designed for endurance, but used for what most women actually do in leggings. Setting up shop on that couch. Because let's get real. Leggings can be pants, pajamas, and a napkin. With patented moisture-wicking technology, 360 degrees of support, and 190 degrees of hot lap. Because I bring the heat. Leggings, blanket, laptop, No fear. No limit. No bra. Ever. My Fitbit says I'm dead. The new Nike Pro Chiller Legging. Because I can beat the odds. Because I can cross the finish line. Because I can't just put my naked butt on the couch. I love these two mother But I'm a robot and they programmed me to say this. The Megacast is back. Huh. 
So what's that uh that food uh, called in New Orleans? Boudin. Yeah. Yeah. Boudin you get like as a sausage link and stuff, but it's got like rice in it too. It looked like a crab cake. Yeah, and it's sometimes right, it comes out as like a patty. First time I had it was a boudin ball at the LSU game. Yeah, when we went had breakfast, we, we hit up like a cool little area in New Orleans that had a, a record com- a record store called Peaches Records. All right. Apparently that's where like a lot of like the hip hop stars from the New Orleans area first got their break. Like they would sell their records in this store. So there's like gold records from different, like, you know, I can't remember who, but Oh man, like the, I think there was like a Master P one and oh no kidding, Cash Money Millionaire. Oh, oh yeah, I yeah. forget they all come out of there. So there was Little a bunch Wayne. of those, and it was just a cool record store. I got this dope black T shirt that has like it's like a foil kind of lettering in gold. All right, this is Peaches Records. I was I'll probably wear it tomorrow. I'll let you see. Nice, yeah. It's nice. All right, but uh, I even got a Kiss trucker cap. I was pretty pumped about that. I went in there, didn't get any vinyl. Even though they had an incredible vinyl section, it was awesome. But so we went to a breakfast place. Vinyl's right? like avocado toast. I don't know, I think I'm tired of hearing about it. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like super cool again. Everybody's like vinyl. Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> oh. Like, I just got on freaking Spotify. Oh, you are? Yes. Good for you. I, yeah. All it's, right. I just got Netflix. Wait, what am I going to start listening to vinyl? I know. I noticed you talking more about Netflix. I'm like, I'm proud of Ted. He's getting into the streaming world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big boy now. Big boy. Got Spotify and everything. Mm-hmm. Should have done Apple. Oh, you don't have an iPhone. I was going to say, do Apple Music. Now. I'm not going to Apple, dude. Font- Can't make me. Maybe one day we will. I'll get you drunk in New Orleans, and next thing you know, you're locking into a plan with Apple. Yeah, I'll get drunk in New Orleans if you're like, you didn't have to break into the iStore, dude. <laughs> That's how we do it. Like, Kevin, you want one? <laughs> Windows broken. These guys just looted iPhones. Um, so we were having breakfast, and that boudin showed up. Yeah. Kevin already got one because he went there the day before and loved it. So it shows up, and I'm, of course, I'm like, is that a crab cake? And the guy's like, no, it's a boudin. And then he starts trying to explain. I'm like, I'll just take one. It looks delicious. That was so good. It is awesome, man. I put an over easy egg on top of it, broke it so the yolk got in it yeah. too. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't know if Uli's makes them all the time, but I know at some point in the, in the year they make them. Let me know when. I want yeah. to get one. Yeah. It was so good. It was just like, what is this? This is some, this is freaking amazing. Yeah, and Boudin's one of those things. If you've never been to New Orleans or whatever, like I don't know any place else that's like sells it. I, I've never even heard of it. Yeah. And- just by looking at it, I'd have no idea what's in it. I thought it was crab. By the way, to bring full circle the Becky Lynch and Pearl Jam in Seattle. Yes. So I remember at this at this LSU game, right? We we had to park like a mile away from the stadium because we got there at 11 a.m. Game kicked off at 7. We were late. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> so we're all hanging out at this tailgate with our boy Cody Blue. And then we met the night before. Who I'd imagine you told was your boy at one point. Oh, well, the, Yes. Right, because that was after old school. Okay, I was gonna hope. I still text him like once a year, like Cody. (laughs) So new phone, who's this? Right, so we need we need beers back at the car, and specifically, old effort needs some non-alcoholic beers. Of course. So you know me, I'm a runner. I said, you know what, a runner that I get stuff. Right. So I said, hey, I'll go back to the car and get a whole bag of beers, and I'll come down and meet you guys at the you know watch the team go in. Mm -hmm. So as I'm walking by, I am sweating my ass off, right. And I walk by this cop. I go, man, it is hot today. And he goes, not that bad out. Where you from? And I go, Seattle. And he goes, hmm, rain and Pearl Jam. And I'm every day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Just kept walking. <laughs> Why do you eat fun? <laughs> and Alice in Chains. You right? Like you know it. It rains every day. Don't come. <laughs> Stay away. I turned into one of those Seattle people now. By the way, stop moving here. Oh, it sucks. It's it's insane. you don't want to live here. Stop jacking up the rent prices. Yeah, man. We're locals. 
I think we constitute as locals. We've been here yeah. 10 plus years. Right. Even though we moved here, but everybody else is not allowed anymore. What do you want? A year 12? No, like 13. You're 13 and I'm year 20. Yeah. So we're, we're locals. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of our neighborhood. Right. I mean, I, I swim in Lake Whistle in Anacortes. Yeah. Get muffins at the store. I'm local, local AF. I eat dicks sometimes at midnight. Oh, by the way, my new place. I just got the keys. Not that far from Dick's on Capitol Hill. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, um, it was funny when we got to interview Corey Graves, who's an awesome dude. I've, I've yeah. interviewed him before. He's super nice. And him and Renee are like, they're like a comedy team. Like the two of them, I guess, go out all the time and drink together. Like, Do they like, date? No, no. Uh, Renee Young is with Dean Ambrose. Oh, no but kidding. I think just because, you know, they you work just, together all right, the time. So they're yeah. homies. Yeah. So Kevin and Sean, our buddy Sean, got to New Orleans the day before me. They got there Wednesday night. They went to this place called the Three Legged Dog, which is where we ended up going one night to get the crawfish because it's right. a great setup there. It's a cool bar, too. It's a little bit off of the. It's, off. By the, it's right by the French Quarter, but it's like a block away. All right. I've heard stories about this place before from awesome other friends. Spot. Yeah. Oh, I highly recommend. I would have went there every night. Like the, the crawfish was incredible. When they go there, they go in the back room where the crawfish scooper is, like with the cooler with all the crawfish where you could scoop out and put it into your box. All right. And who's sitting in the back area? Renee Young and Corey Graves. And they just like, hey, come sit with us. Like they were super cool to those Dope. guys. Hung out with them. Corey and Renee, they, they spot when they came to Radio Road, they're like, oh, those are the guys from. And I was like, yeah, I wasn't the one there, but that's cool. There's another ball guy. Fine. You know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have a long conversation trying to prove that I wasn't the one there. Just that's cool, man. If you think I was there drink, hanging out with you guys, awesome. I was there, and would you yep. like to buy my Jeep? Exactly. <laughs> so we're just talking about, and I guess Corey said like uh, some little kid challenged him to a crawfish peeling contest that he lost. It was just like, <laughs> a, like right. a lot of fun, random conversations. But one of my favorite chats was with uh, Baron Corbin, who. We've had in studio here. I've interviewed him on the phone before. One time at a house show, even though everyone's yelling at him and he's being a heel. As he walked by me, he caught eyes. He kind of leaned his hand in and just shook my hand like, hey, good to see you. Nice. I thought that was cool. He walks by me, sees me before he's going to do other interviews and just big bro hug. Dude, good to see you. All this. So then he sits down and we get to chat and do an interview. I'm going to play a little clip because it was kind of fun. I tell him that I'm about to have my first wrestling match in, on April 20th right. with 3-2-1 Battle. And I asked him, hey, what advice do you have for someone who's never had a match before? And, he, you know, it was fun because not only did he tell me what was up and gave me, like, some, like, words to the wise, uh, but he also said, like, you know, shoot, I just realized I was going to play the wrong one. But I, All can, right. I can find it. Let me just kind of just scoot fast. Yeah, um, no worries. Yeah, we're just doing a podcast. Yeah, Nobody cares. Still a podcast. It's fine, dude. Let's see if I could. Let's see if people, it's right people get it. Yeah, dude, because it, it, it's that emotional rush. Oh, yeah. There's a connection between the audience. It's like when you go to an amazing rock show and you're watching them and they're just in the music. Like mm -hmm. it's the same thing. If you go out trying to lose my mind yep. and then you got to come down and you see out there in the ring. But one even more like, so. Keeping your sanity is tough sometimes. But, yeah. Uh, that's the awesome part. Like is the ride of it. Yeah. Well, Baron Corrin, I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, one last thing, if you wouldn't mind, since I'm talking about the whole wrestling yeah. thing, would you mind just giving a message to the guys that I'm wrestling and tell them well, that they're called the Hellfire Club? Hellfire Club? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, if you mess with my boy Steve, the Hellfire Club, I'm going to show up too, and we're going to throw a beat down on everybody out there. That is, if you survive him, which I doubt you will. Baron Corbin, everybody. <laughs> Thank you, yeah, man. man. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> that was That's pretty, pretty cool. funny. And then I had the opportunity to talk with Braun Strowman. Bro, I wish you were there also for that. I think you and I and him would have had a great time drinking.
Yeah, he's a big dude. And he always kept referring to like the night before. He's like, yeah, I had a couple of uh, adult sodas. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was awesome. So I, I was telling him how also I'm having a match, and I asked for his advice, and uh, this is what Braun Strowman had to say. Let's see if I can pull it. I am here with Braun Strowman at my first match at the end of this month. Uh, what advice do you have for somebody who's going to have their first match? Have fun. Yeah. It, yeah it's going to be nerve-wracking. You're going to be nervous and worried about everything. You're going to mess up. <laughs> I mess up still to this day. I mean, and, and we all mess up. Not one of us goes out there and has a match. I don't care if it's even WrestleMania. Somebody, you slip and mess up on something. We're human beings. Right. And that's the cool thing is that you get to go out there and learn every time you go out and work, learn. Learn something. That's the biggest thing is that you can evolve every time, and that's what I attest like to where I am now is because every time I go out, I want to try and have a better match than the match I had before. Exactly. So the biggest thing, especially, is have fun. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, Team Hellfire Club or whatever you guys call yourselves, yeah, I don't think you're making a good decision. He's going to make a debut on you and mop the floor with you. Good use of uh, Bruce and Brody Bruce in the background. Yeah, I was like, you know, I've got a little background. This is for a little video piece I'm going to put on 321 Battles Facebook page. But Where's he from? Th- from somewhere in the south. Small right. town. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, I, reckon, like, I was like, he's got to be southern. He's just a cool dude, dude. And he just nice. seems like he's having a good time. And, and, and do yourself a favor and listen to that full interview. He's just got like a great attitude. Like, I'm just enjoying life, man. I can't believe that this is my world. Like, I like just hanging out in the woods and shooting guns and drinking. And here I am now, <laughs> one of the biggest wrestling stars. It's awesome. What, how are the how is like the wrestlers? Is there like a definitive group of like partiers and then non-partiers? I get the vibe there is. I, I mean, it's a pro sport, and I feel like most pro, like except the NBA it seems like all the NBA guys party. But like when you look at like pro football, you know what I mean? Like right, we know enough of those guys. You could the, there's definitely like not a division, but there's there's like two schools of thought. It seems like on, on most teams, I would agree. And I, I I got a feeling like he likes to have some drinks. Corey Graves, I think yeah. Aaron Corbin, Mojo Rawley definitely likes to go out. Go and drink. Terps. I don't know if you saw him on uh, TMZ. I saw the sword. Yeah, just chest slapping people. Yeah, I wish I was there for that. That would have been awesome. <laughs> Such a weirdo. Such a weird. But I mentioned that there was a couple funny moments uh, that I had uh, during, uh, not only did I do WWE's Radio Row, but I also got to go backstage and interview a bunch of Ring of Honor wrestlers before right. their big super card of honor. And there was one group of guys, again, these guys were just awesome dudes. Uh, I think you'd get a kick out of them. And they were called, they're called the Dogs. It's uh, Rhett Titus and Will Ferrara. So I was telling them how I'm going to have my first match, and I was asking for any advice. But then I also asked them, hey, when you had your first match, what was the like, or one of your first matches, do you have a funny, embarrassing story to share? Rhett Titus had the best story. All right. So here's what he had to say. I got pulled up for uh, a suplex, you know, and, uh, you know, as I'm up there in the suplex, you know, they pulled my tights over a little bit, and uh, one of my uh, testicles, you know, <laughs> popped out of my trunk. So That's you, got, you guys check the Honor Club for that one. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, subscription rates for the Honor Club are going to go up with that kind of story. Oh, man. One of the nuggets got out of the box. Could you imagine? I've seen that before. I can't remember who. Might have been a Mr. Perfect match. And somebody got slammed down and his, his wiener pops out of the trunks. And the other wrestler, like, quickly just tucks it back in the trunks. Oh, man. Would you do that for me, Ted? I don't know, Steve. Like, I, I feel like I would, like, stop and be like, put it away. But, man, I mean, I get that's a pro move. <laughs> like, well, I mean, clearly, I, just, I thought Ted was my best friend, but clearly he's not. I'm just worried about I, next I, year I going I to put your wiener back in your trunk. Yeah, I know you would. 
just saying next year going to Spokane, like, did you guys? Yes, all right. I touched his wiener. Why are we saying wiener? Tucker? Tucker? Damn it. What are we, 12? Yes. And Adam Page, uh, Hangman Adam Page from the Bullet Club. He also had a good story about an embarrassing moment that happened to him uh, in one of his first matches. Oh, my God. Uh, I remember <laughs> this one guy, probably my first year of wrestling, named uh, Jimmy Love, kind of a, a bigger, older guy, uh, yeah, like 250 or so. He okay. dropped a leg drop on me. I'll never forget this. He dropped a leg drop, and when he did, he just busted one. <laughs> just forward, just, he dropped the leg drop, rolled over to pin me, and as he was pinning me, he's right by me. here. Brother, was that you? <laughs> no, man. Dude, just farted right in my face. <laughs> did he at least apologize? <laughs> it, no, because I... I I'd, you know what I mean? I didn't have long to tell him, no, it was right. you. You yeah. farted on me when you did a leg drop. Uh, <laughs> that's brutal. Right? Leg drop a guy, then fart on him? That's the, that's the, that's the finisher. Yeah. <laughs> Who was the giant dude in the WWE like 10 years ago that would like smoosh Yokozuna? Yeah, was, 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 like the Asian dude? Yeah, when he would like put you in the corner and then just kind of give you the gas face? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, I know the time's up uh, because, uh, oh, crap, five minutes behind schedule, man. Yeah. You got stuff to do. I do. All right, well, this was fun. It was yeah, fun man. to catch up and uh, tell you all the stupidity that happened. <laughs> Speaking of wrestling, please, if you haven't done so yet, get your tickets at AXS.com. Type in Battle Mania. Come see my big debut next Friday, April 20th. I'll be wrestling with a few great wrestlers like Cole Crazy, The Bird, and a wrestler to be announced soon. It's a big name in the indie circuit. Actually, someone that we both know. Correct. And maybe I'm glad you said soon, as I almost went. It's- <laughs> yeah, I know. It's going to be awesome. I'm hoping he's going to be in town. Maybe we could God, get, I get almost an interview tweeted something to that dude this morning about it. I am so happy I did. After this weekend, the announcement will be made. And, and speaking of also this weekend, Defy Wrestling. Defy Wrestling Friday. Just got a, a text from my buddy Jim who runs Defy. So yeah. He said, just want to let me know that you're on the list. Oh, nice. Yeah, check this out. It's pretty funny. I'll be in a yurt meditating, but thank you. <laughs> That's funny. Huh? He's like, welcome home. I've got Ted on the list. Plus Dope. One. I love that I'm always on the list. I didn't even ask. <laughs> just threw it out there. All right. So that's oh, uh, also this Friday night. Right. Uh, next Friday, 420, Steve's wrestling debut. And then it's 420, so I don't know. Maybe if you see a guy like me in the alley outside the show box, we'll smoke some weed. Hey, 3 2 1 Battle is a blast sober. <coughs> 3 2 1 Battle is next level stoned. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. When, you, when you've got weird wrestling in 3 2 1 Battle, you're going to have a great time. Yeah. All right. Our music's going to end. I guess we won't do the push ups, but hey. Thanks for listening. Follow us at the Megacast. I don't want to keep you any longer. Yeah, yeah, cool. All right. Thank you guys for listening, as always. And uh, we will, I have a doctor's appointment next week. So we might have to figure it out if we could kind of squeeze in a podcast at another time or we just say screw it and we don't do one. Yeah, we'll figure it out. All right. I'm just glad you're home. Get some sleep, Steve. I'm glad to be home. (laughs) And Ted, if your wiener pops out, I will tell you. All right. I'll put your wiener back too. Take care, everybody.